Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners and share their stories, their trials, and what's working for them right now. To apply to be a guest on this podcast, click the link in the description. Hope you enjoy and subscribe. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I will be your host today. My name is JJ Hernandez, and joining us on the show today is a very special guest. It is the one and only Reggie Tyler with Absolute Fitness out of New Jersey. Reggie, what is going on, man? Happy Tuesday. How you feeling? Happy Tuesday. I'm feeling good, JJ. Thank you for this opportunity to tell the world my story. Of course. Of course, we appreciate you being here. We're excited to have you on, Reggie. And before we dive into the nitty gritty of what you have going on with Absolute Fitness here, you know, first, why don't we give you the floor here and give you an opportunity to give the viewers a little perspective. In your own words, Reggie, how would you explain or describe Absolute Fitness and what you guys do? Well, what I do at Absolute Fitness, um, I've been in numerous gyms. I see a lot of people working out. Um, and form is very important to me because you could be at the gym just wasting your time at the gym thinking you're doing something and really ain't accomplishing nothing. Um, and I really don't like group classes because a lot of people are in group classes there in the back. The trainer may be up front or instructor up front getting they work out on with good form, but what about the people in the back of the class? Um, it's 20, 30 people in the class. Everybody has some imbalances, issues that need to be corrected. So I don't understand how all those people have the same weights doing the same thing. So I like to keep the personal attention into personal training, which is the first word of personal training. Um, so, so that's my first problem with seeing group classes and people just at the gym. Um, in my facility, um, I actually do a semi-private and private one-on-one -on -one training. My biggest classes are my semi-private. I don't like to push private training on people because it could get expensive for people. And it's also about the longevity for people. I figure if people do one-on-one, -on -one, I don't see them being with you for a long time. Um, I got people that I've been trained that I've been with for at least 15 years. Um, so that's what helped me able to open up a business. Um, in my semi-private class, that's my biggest seller. So I really don't like pushing one-on-one, -on -one, but if that's what you prefer, some people like to be in my gym. It's like a small boutique gym catering to professionals, can train kids, middle-aged adults, seniors, all at the same time. But some people want that one-on-one -on -one and they just want to be in the gym by themselves, nobody else there. And right now, it'll just be me and that person. And being that I opened up August 1st, 2020, at the tail end of the pandemic, it kind of worked out because ain't no other people in the big gyms were shutting down because there's too many people in there. Now, in my one-on-one, it's just me and you, so it's a lot safer. Very true. Uh, we were wearing masks, and then as it got better, we was able to get away with the masks. Um, my semi-private programs, like I told in my biggest sellers, which I really try to push people into rather than one-on-one, -on -one, because one-on-one -on -one blocks up one-hour time slot where I can actually get somewhere between one and six people in at that time slot. This way, you're sharing the cost of a trainer with others. Um, I have semi-private class going on every hour throughout the hour, basically starting at 7 a.m. and stops at 12 o'clock. And I start back up at 4 p.m. till I close at 9. So 
everything is on an appointment schedule. So this also creates accountability for the client. Um, you know, if you make an appointment, majority of the time you're going to be there. But when Very people true. just go to the gym, they can just decide, man, I don't feel good. I don't feel like going today. Things hurt when really you need to go to the gym and maybe just working out. Now things don't hurt because you done stretched. Um, but before I put somebody into a semi-private program um, or either they're one-on-one, I take them through an FMS training, which is a functional movement training. Um, this way I'm testing you for any aches or pains in your joints. I'm testing you for your range of motion and your flexibility with some simple basic moves. This is gonna let me know before I put you in a semi-private program, what fitness level you are at. Um, so I can tailor the program based on you. I can have a kid, a middle-aged person, and your senior in the same semi-private program, have them work the same muscles, but it's tailored per individual. Um, each individual is not gonna use most likely the same weight. So that's once again, tailored per individual. This is not a group class. This is semi-private personal training where you're sharing the cost of a trainer with others and a camaraderie. So you might see somebody else doing it. I can't do it. You see somebody else doing it. I want to try that. Yeah. Then you don't find out, oh, shoot, I can do it. <laughs> I just That's the best feeling to me, knowing that you didn't think you can do it, and then you find out you can do it. Exactly. And so I think let's kind of dive right into the business here, if you don't mind, Reggie. I mean, mm -hmm. so Reggie, how many, how many members are you serving currently? Right now I'm up to about 30 members. 30. Gotcha. And so for you, Reggie, I mean, what's been the best method of getting people through the door? It seems like more of word of mouth and maybe Facebook. Um, Advertising doesn't seem to be, I'm just trying to get my name out there more in the town that I'm in. Um, but I've been in that same town for 15 years. But I'm gotcha. different, but through uh, different names of the business, if I backtrack. <laughs> okay. Okay. I like that. That's different. Okay. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. So, and, and so you have, so you've been established in your community for 15 years now. Just under a different gym. I, me per yes, if you want me to track back track that a little wow. bit. It's it's a it's a my clients tell me I need to write a book because it's a, it's a weird story, which I feel like the man upstairs put me on this path to lead me into this location. I like that. I like that. That's awesome. I I love that you you have the tenacity to to keep it going, right? You never mm. stopped. And then that's 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 the secret, man. I mean, just not letting it go. That's awesome, brother. And so Kind of moving on here. I mean, you know, you're at 30 members now. I mean, you know, if leads, traffic, clients, all these things are unlimited. I mean, how much higher can you go? What's maximum capacity like for you? Well, right now I'm the only employee. So one of my main concerns right now for any health reasons, I do ride a motorcycle. So um, I got to make sure I get home every day because if something happens to me, the business basically shuts down right now. Um, but with the amount of members I have right now, I can handle it all myself. So my mind is thinking in the future, I need to hire somebody to, for in case something happens or they're able to continue the business going for any down days. Um, limit 
sky's the limit, but I don't want to be overwhelmed where the job becomes stressful. Right now, I love working out myself. I love the accomplishment of just seeing people um, accomplish goals or challenging tasks that they didn't think they can handle, certain weight, I can't do that. And then seeing them doing it, it just feels so much better to me than I guess value. Yeah, yeah, I love that. I love, it's about giving them and not expecting it, giving them what they want and not expecting anything in return, right? Mm-hmm. Or not the world in return, because obviously yeah. you you need something in return, but not more than what you're giving. Um, right. And I love that, I, I, love, I love where your mind is and I love how, how how you're putting their clients at the forefront. I mean, that's the biggest thing to me. If you can do that, that's the biggest thing. And so, you know, Reggie, kind of curious. I mean, again, I know you're a, a one-man team here, but I mean, how do you manage? I mean, one to 30 people is a lot. I mean, how do you manage those metrics? How do you track that? Well, I have a, um, I have an app that basically tracks everything for me. Um, they have access to this app with my scheduling, what times are available. So all they have to do, basically everything is automatic EFT each month Um, because everybody has what programs they're going to do, the number of times they're going to do each month. Um, But when they schedule, all they got to do is to add themselves on their schedule and I'll be there 15 minutes before you get there waiting for you to come in the door. Um, So it's really, everything kind of runs itself. All I got to do is show up there and be ready to train. my old mentor, we had programs already set up already for the workouts. I can tell them what they did six weeks ago on Wednesday. And I already know what they're going to do six weeks later already for their workout. Um, so my programs are already designed already. So all I need to do is just go there, train, know everybody's imbalances, and have fun and laugh, enjoy the workout, and try to educate. I love that. I love that. It's as simple. It's literally as simple as that. It literally is as simple as that. And so, guys, sorry, go ahead, Reggie. If I backtrack a little bit to how my story really got started, you might laugh a little bit. Let me hear it, please. Um, My daughter, when she was seven, who was 27 now, actually was like, Daddy, you got those roles like certain family members. And that's stuck in my head for the rest of my life. So that's when I started. And she don't remember telling me that, but you know, young kids tell you the honest truth that hurts. So that's stuck into my mind. Um, I used to do bail bonds and bounty hunting. Before that, um, I already been a manager at a young age of a telecommunications company. So after my daughter told me that in 2007, I started working in this job where a mentor was named Chris Wade. Her name now is Chris Reese. She's a um, Christian counselor, coach, and speaker now. So she was my mentor at that point when I got into personal training. Um, And in 2012, I'm getting ready to go on a motorcycle event, and we have to have a meeting before I go. And I get notified that she's going to retire to become a Christian counselor and that when I come back, there will no be no more business there anymore. Um, okay. So then the landlord, I talked with him. He like, yo, Reggie, if you can figure out some way to keep some money coming in so he can still get paid a little bit, we, you can stay. We can work out something. The other trainer that was there talked to his girlfriend. Her family back bought the business. 
Now we under another name, still doing the same thing because I'm still basically managing the business because I already know how it runs. Um, I go on another motorcycle event. So the, the, the joke around the gym is don't go on no motorcycle event, Reggie. Um, and I get a call as I'm going down the road. I get there, call my boss back, and they tell me, don't, um, they don't come in no more. The business is going to be shut down because the landlord's trying to raise the rent. Um, I called my mentor back. She said, call the landlord. That doesn't sound right. I called the landlord. The landlord said, Reggie, um, first of all, they haven't paid rent in the last three months, and they're subletting to a physical therapist. I don't want them in a the location, Reggie, but if you can figure out how to make some money still, um, you can stay, but I don't want them back in the business. So I worked out money that was owed back to the clients because I have a lot of trust with the clients. Um, I'm not here to rob nobody, honestly. Yeah. Um, so I got some of them back their money and I still train those clients till today. Um, and then that business name shut down. I called back one of the old trainers from he was there before I even got started to come help me because I need help train the clients. He has a following. Um, so now we opened up the business of another with another name, but the same, I'm still doing the same thing. A pipe, I go up doing a motorcycle, a pipe bus, the water's out in the street. I could be dead right now. I went in the building, try to landlord, call the landlord, Reggie, can you turn off the water? Water dripping from the ceiling. I'm in electricity. Water could be, I could be shocked right now. I can't tell if the water off. Water's leaking from all from the ceiling. Um, so then I got out of there. Um, he renovated the whole bottom floor, the whole, basically the whole building. And then probably in five months, he kind of wants us to relocate to another section of the building. Um, and then COVID hit. So now that gets us out of the lease. He's ready to sell the building. I don't know what I'm going to do for about two years. I think that's how long COVID lasted. That's how long we was out yeah, of work, yeah, maybe. Yeah, 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 100%. One of my clients called and said, Reggie, what are you doing? Um, I, like, I don't know what I'm going to do with my life. Two of us was thinking about backing you for personal training if you can find a location with a reasonable rent. That got me off my butt. Um, there was two locations in the town that I'm in. I already talked to the one location two times to see if I can rent time, rent some time so I can train some of my clients. Checked with the other place down the street. Neither one of them allowed me, gave me some time so I could pay so I could train some of my clients. I talked to one of my clients and another client, she's a realtor, but she only does residential. Reggie, I only do residential. A week later, she came back with a commercial property list that had the location of one of those trainers location that I had talked to. The rent was reasonable for me. So at that point, now I had a new location. I already had 10 members that I know that are just waiting for me to open up and start training. So I opened up that spot um, and now my fiance knows that I know how to paint because I painted the location in two days because I ain't had no money to be paying nobody. Um, got that done offered the landlord some money for all the old gym equipment he had because it was his equipment and he would have to sell it piece by piece to make money. So I got the gym equipment for a reasonable good price, um, moved it all into location, opened up August 1st of 2020 and have not been in the red since. Um, one client or two clients a month is good for me each month. It yeah. means I'm growing. 
Wow. That is a story and a half, man. Holy cow. I mean, way to shine through. I'll tell you that way to shine through. I mean, you, you can't make that up. And I'm going to ask you a little bit of a longer winded question here, Reggie, but a good question yeah. in itself, right? You know, Reggie, if you, if you had to say, right, there's three pillars of business we use here, right? And that's going to be lead generation, which is getting people interested, right? Getting them through the door. Acquisition, which is sales. So being able to get somebody from interested to actually buying and paying for your service. And then retention and ascension, which is keeping your clients longer, but getting them to buy more from you in that process. So of those three, Reggie, where do you feel like you could improve the most? Um, with leads. Yeah. Yeah. So getting to, I think, I, I, I will honestly, number one, let me just say thank you for the transparency there. But I think, is it more or less for you that, because I think a lot of gym owners have struggled with getting people through the door, right? And I think, is it getting more people through the door who are interested or more people through the door in just general? Um. Kind of both, because if I can just get them through the door and just see, just yeah, talking yeah. to them and just want to see where their life is at at this point. Yeah. Because I have to show them that this is a value to their life. Um, Very true. If they don't see it as important, I'm not important then to them. Nothing matters. Yeah. Right. No, that, that, that's 100% true. And I, I agree a million percent. I think that's the biggest thing. And so, you know, I, I think this is another good question here, right? And just kind of curious. I mean, what's the bigger picture for you? What are you trying to accomplish long term? I think I'm just trying to help one person at a time. Because no matter as we get older, you don't have to work out now. You don't have to eat right now. But at some point in your life, no matter when you go see that doctor, he's going to tell you you got to change your eating habits and yeah. you got to exercise. There's no way to avoid it. It's just, it just depends on when you're going to get started. And the later we wait to get started, it's harder to be motivated. That's things really hurt as we get. If you don't move, things going to hurt a lot more when you get older. And I got a, my oldest client I train, it hurts some of the parts of her body as we work out. Just standing up still doing bicep curls aggravates her leg because she's activating that muscle. Um, but she knows. If she don't do something, it's going to get worse. So she just come, they tell me, you ain't got to work me too hard. Just have me move. Flexibility is more important as we get older. Yeah, I agree. I agree a hundred percent. I mean, a million percent. I think that's the biggest thing and it, being able to impact more people. I think that's all that really matters. And so one last question for you here, Reggie, my favorite question, you know, um, and I'm, I'm curious to see your answer here. Uh, Reggie, if you could go back in time here to when you first started your gym, you know, sit yourself down with the knowledge you know now and give yourself that one piece of advice that you think you really needed to hear when you first started, what would that advice be for you? Hmm. Repeat that one more time. What would that advice be to me when I started? Hmm. Yeah. I don't know, because I was I was nervous before I opened up the gym. And really? yeah, because my old partner I had, he was he was better at networking and talking to people. I wasn't comfortable with that. Okay. And by getting into this business of being an entrepreneur, opening up my own, it forced me to do something that I wasn't comfortable with. 
to realize that I'm that I'm actually great at it. Um, because I had the passion. Um, everybody knows that it that this is what I love to do to work out. The eating is hard. <laughs> I have yeah. my ups and downs, but I'm a real person. Um I need to learn, I need I gotta learn how to how to how to market and network to people. Reggie, that was a mic drop of an answer. And I just appreciate the honesty through the whole thing. I'm not even going to say anything off of that one. It's a good place to wrap things up on this episode. But before we sign out, you know, please, Reggie, shout out your Instagram, Facebook, website, anything you have. Where can people find out more about you and the gym? Well, I'm in Warren, New Jersey. My Facebook is Absolute Fitness, A-B hyphen salute, S-A-L-U-T-E. Fitness, F-I-T-N-E-S-S. On Instagram, I'm A-B period, salute, S-A-L-U-T-E, like salute, like a, like you in the Army military, because and period fitness. So at period salute period fitness. Um, my email, A-B underscore salute, S-A-L-U-T-E, fitness at yahoo.com. The reason why I salute people is because when the pandemic hit, we really ain't want to shake hands too much. So, and I realized I salute people a lot just saying hello. You know, salute means it has a lot of meanings behind it when you salute somebody. So I salute a lot of people for their efforts. There we go. There we go. Betsy, we absolutely appreciate your time and contribution to the podcast and look forward to Thank seeing what you. you're going to accomplish down the road. Just stick around for two seconds if you can, just mm -hmm. so I can know how you're going to get the podcast. I would really appreciate it. Yes, sir. I'm uh, just going to close everybody else out over here, okay? Yeah. And, uh, and to everyone else who tuned in today, we appreciate you as well. Don't forget, if you want to be notified about future episodes, hit that like and subscribe button. And if you want to come in, join us, talk about your fitness business, click the link in the description, fill it out, and our team will be in touch with you very, very soon. And as always, till next time, Jim Lords out. Thank you for listening to this interview, but don't go anywhere. We still have two more incredible interviews coming right up inside this episode. But if you're a gym owner that's looking to get more clients, keep them longer, and make more money, head to the link in the description of this podcast and schedule a free leave your credit card at home consultation with one of our business consultants. You see, here at Gym Launch, we've helped over 4,000 gym owners across the world increase their sales, take home more money, and build the business of their dreams. And it simply starts with a phone call. Click on the link in the description of this podcast to schedule your call today. Now, let's head into the next interview. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I will be your host today. My name is Brooke. Joining me on the show is Kurt from Yep fitness out of Cincinnati, Ohio. Welcome to the show. How are you today? I'm well, Brooke. Thank you for having me. I appreciate you guys having me on. Of course. We're excited to have you here and to learn more about what you have going on in your fitness business. But before we dive into that side of things here too deep, give me a very brief backstory, Kurt. What was it that led to you opening up this fitness business? Yep. So, so I, you know, like, like a lot of people, I started off in health and fitness and, you know, my background was in personal training and I worked with one of the largest health club uh, outsourced personal training companies in the country at the time, Body of Change. I, uh, I made my way into management, uh, made my way up the ranks, and then I soon became one of their top sales guys for the district that I was in at the time. Now, this was back in the late 90s. We're talking 2000, right? So, so 
I, I ramped up from there. And uh, the next thing I know, I'm a regional vice president with about 52 locations that I'm tasked as, as with this outsourced training model where we would go in and essentially we would build a recurring revenue within an already existing health club. So the same as you would build up revenue for memberships, we would build up recurring revenue on personal training. We would give the operator an exclusive, uh, I'm sorry, give the operator a, a set rent, flat rent, so it's 100% profit to them. And then we asked for exclusive rights to PT. So that's how I really made my bones. And that's how I started meeting all these operators across the country. And this is how I started working with operators, I mean, literally all over the country. And so um, I did that for a while, I mean, for a long while. And it's, a, it's, a, it's, it's an exciting uh, uh, business, but it's a really uh, labor intense pace that you have to live at, right? So you're talking about recruiting, uh, training and cultivating literally hundreds if not thousands of trainers that i've done this for uh we're talking about you know uh, uh having to meet revenue sales that are you know uh, my just for my district was uh, roughly 50 million a year right just for what they expected from my region right so you're talking about the amount of people that you've got to work with so so it is a it, it becomes a turn and burn right for for a lot of people and you got to have a stomach for it but it does give you, it does, it, it, it gives you the muscle, right? It, it strengthens those muscles, uh, those gears that you need to really, to really turn it on and know how to really survive and not necessarily survive, but to thrive in, in any, any fitness environment. And I think that that's what uh, brought me to YEP, right? So YEP um, is an acronym. So the name of my fitness facility is called YEP Fitness. And it's, uh, uh, it lives, yes, as, as a brick and mortar, but it also lives online. Uh, we have education-based uh, services as well. So YEP Fitness is an acronym that stands for your exercise platform. And that means essentially we, we, we intentionally go about uh, a business each day to meet people where they are, intentionally meeting people where they are, not, uh, not limiting, limiting them to just fitness education, but making sure that we have the... Uh, the uh, food literacy to support them, making sure that there is gut literacy to support them, making sure that there is mind uh, uh, exercises and mental uh, uh, components that are uh, uh, encouraged and influenced along the way. And so re the reason that came about after, after living the life of you know, teaching sales and making sales and having that demand um, I, I'm originally from Cincinnati. I was leaving Boston on a deal, and I won't throw names out there. I was working with a very large company out there, uh, still exists today. And uh, I, I had uh, I pretty much decided I wanted to pull back and, and take a different direction with health and wellness. I've always been a part of health and wellness. Health and wellness has always been a part of me. Mm -hmm. And and so I come, I come home, and I noticed I grew up in the urban poor where I'm from in Cincinnati. And I noticed that there, was, there were no assets, the same as there were in the more affluent markets that I had been used to opening up centers and working with operators in. And I thought to me, to me that was very interesting. It seemed like an extremely uh, positive challenge. And so in 2013, I decided to shrink the footprint, to change the focus, to provide health and wellness access and education to underserved markets and populations. And I do that by teaming up with healthcare partners. Um, we do that by physician referrals. We do that by being very involved in community-based 
wellness and education events. Uh, we work with our Ohio Health, uh, Ohio Department of Health. We are a uh, diabetes uh, prevention center uh, with the uh, Centers for the for the uh, Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, and we've been we're proud to, of that program. We've been teaching that program since since uh, 2015, and so this is sort of what led me on the tra uh, that trajectory. It was more about uh, not necessarily just teaching people to sell memberships or selling memberships. Was there something more meaningful for me anyway? Was there something more meaningful for me in the industry? Um, um, and, and I found it in Yep Fitness. Uh, I'm glad that you kind of found your calling. And it sounds like it was a little bit of a journey. You know, you were in the health and wellness space um, and then you found your way to owning this fitness business, kind of your own facility where you're able to help, you know, others find physical activity or a healthy lifestyle. What services you guys have to provide at Yep Fitness? Kind of give us an elevator pitch yeah. of those services. Yeah. So you'll listen, you'll get the same, uh, you know, same asset that you would get, uh, the same fitness assets. You would get cardio, line of cardio. You'll get your strength. You have your free weights. Uh, but in addition to that, again, we offer uh, 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 what we call max interval training classes, you know, obviously, which are in line with some of the high intensity stuff you see out there with a different spin on it. Uh, we do things that are a little bit uh, 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 different from what you would see in a, in a typical gym or in a standard gym, whereas, again, the diabetes prevention program that we teach, uh, uh, the curriculum of the Centers for Disease, uh, uh, to Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. Uh, we do, uh, obviously, yoga. We offer um, cardio boxing. We work a lot with people in prehab that are uh, getting ready to, you know, that have experienced some trauma in the body, some acute trauma in the body, and need to get stronger before surgery, and need to, so that, so that it can, you know, help to accelerate the, the process of healing and, and help to encourage healing. And so we, you know, look, we look at this, you know, a big chunk of the stuff that's different about us is that we work closely with your, your primary care physician, or we work closely with uh, whoever is uh, giving uh, any, insight into your healthcare, and we try to say look let's connect the dots right so that fitness matters right so that gyms are really used or utilized for more than just what we're typically used to hearing or typically used to understanding because those of us that have been in this for a long time yeah we know the benefit of and, and we may not be able to spell it out on paper we might be able to speak to it in medical terms but those of us who participate in health and wellness and increase physical exertion each day, we know the benefit. There's an inherent knowledge of the benefit. Well, guess what? There's a whole class of people that have no clue what we're talking about. For me, that spells opportunity. Yep. Yeah, no, for sure. And I think like with this, like you have the opportunity to really work with anybody. Like the market is completely open. You have no about the, the the wellness side, like you're working with, you know, doctors, you said yep. CPS, other places, yeah. also working with just general everyday people who- No doubt about it. Um, no doubt about it. So this is, talk to me a little bit, you know, classes, one-on-one, -on -one, small group, open style gym. How does that membership piece work? Are people, is it one set membership they get access no. to anything? Or is no, there thank you. Those no, thank you, Brooke. Those are great questions. So we have a basic membership, right? If you just want to come in and have access to the facilities, what we call it, that's $24.99 uh, $24 a month. We don't do any annual fees on our space because, again, we shrunk the footprint so I don't have the overhead 
that the bigger box guy has, right? So, you know, that's something to think about, right? Uh, look at your footprint as a relation to your market size, right? And really try to accommodate just what's needed in that market space, right? Um, it's a lot easier to work with the landlord. You can negotiate a lot more aggressively. There's a lot of advantage to doing that way. Um, so anyway, if you just want general access, $24.99 a month. Now, if we get into services, you can get into say personal training, right? So we have, uh, you know, our, our most popular programs are one time a week, two time a week, three time a week programs, right? Those can range anywhere from $180 a month on the low end to $480 a month on the high end, right? And so, which is, which is what you want to do, right? I mean, let me put this out there since this is some, some, some of what we want to talk about is how to grow business, right? And how to be healthy in business, right? So there is something relatable for the person who's listening to this podcast and saying, hey, I'm just really looking for sales stuff. At the end of the day, depending on, and matter of fact, I won't even say how big your footprint is. If you're a bigger club, you're a bigger size facility, and let's just say you're able to bring in, which this is rare today, but let's just say you're able to bring in 150 new members a month. You with me? Okay. That's a large facility. We're talking about a guy or gal who's got a 25,000, 30,000 square foot facility. They've done, you know, they, they've, got some, they've got some overhead, right? But they're able to generate those memberships that they need. Now, that guy or gal is going to have a percentage of that revenue that will be that they will forego if they don't focus on services like personal training. Right. This is how we this is how we were able to go in, pay health club operators a flat rent and get exclusive rights. They knew that they were leaving that money on the table. Mm -hmm. And so they said, you know what, Kurt, instead of us leaving on the table, what do you give us? for everything, we give them a flat rent, and then boom, I don't have to carry the asset, the overhead of this, the asset. I do get to share in the, in the business because you have to have it as a partnership. You wanna make it uh, solidified as a partnership, otherwise it doesn't work. You have to see that space as your own space. Your people have to see it as their own space. You have to take care of that space. But at the end of the day, they knew that they were leaving revenue on the table. That's happening on the larger scale guy or gal who's running these things, and even the, the boutique guy or gal who's maybe doing 25 new members a month. Yeah, I mean, honestly, personal training, like it's the best thing that you can do no matter what facility that you're in. People, for our clients, like let's just look at it from our client standpoint. If we give them personal training as an option, that's going to get them closer to their goals, which they're walking through the front door of a gym for a reason, right? They wanna see some kind of result. So if we can offer them personal training, we're going to get them there. So that makes our clients feel good. And then we look at it from a business standpoint. It's amazing, right? It's extra revenue coming into our business. And there's so many gyms out there, like you said, small studios or big giant gyms who are not even doing it or have it. But, Brooke, do, but, but do you know, but, but do you know why Brooke that is, but you know why that is, why so many owners and operators forego it? Do you, do you know why that is? And we taught this operators for years. We, I still teach. So I still go around and consult operators that are, even though my focus is, you know, my heart is in the community stuff, I still understand that, listen, everybody needs resources if we're going to have an impact. If we're in this business together, which is health and wellness, right, we're going to need resources. So I still teach how to maximize those resources, right? But at the end of the day, here's what happened. In the beginning stages of health clubs or gyms, it was all about, because you got people got to remember, these things were nothing more than rubber mats and equipment. That's it. Everything else was air. You were selling the air. And so what you were able to do is, if you were able to just rent treadmills, rent dumbbells, you could make a decent living. 
But that was before the market got saturated. See, now we're at 40,000, maybe, you know, we, we lost a few during COVID, but look, we're roughly 40,000 plus health clubs across the country, right? Then you've got the advent of what I, you know, like I talked about, the $10 guy, right? So now you've got a lot more things to contend with in the business today. So if you're still in the business of just selling the air and not selling the service, you're going to have a tough road to, to toe. I mean, no. a no. it'll be like rolling water uphill. Almost impossible. Mm -hmm. I, I, I'll just put it out there. We, we've got to think differently. Health club operators today have got to think differently, right? We've got to think differently about how we recruit. We've got to think differently about the culture of our training model. Is it consistent across the board, right? And then what are the systems of, of continued education? How are we cultivating our staff to, un to, make, wait a minute, to make the link between the sales and the, the health of the customer and the business? See, you got a lot of trainers now that still, and, 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 this is, and I've got a solution for this, but you still have trainers today that are vehemently opposed to selling even though they say they believe in their service. I personally think that like selling is caring, right? Um, and so if we care about our clients, we should have no problem selling them personal training. I agree. I agree a hundred percent. I mean, what are we afraid of giving people a better quality of life? We should never be afraid of that. We should never be afraid. That's a very spiritual thing, if you ask me, right? To be able to say, hey, I do something that if I'm consistent at this and I show people that I care, because remember, people don't care about how much they know, how much we know, and so they first, what, know how much we care. So if they know I care, I'm giving them a service that improves the quality of life. I'll sell that all day long. I can teach it all day long. I can preach it all day long. And if you're in this industry, you should have that same uh, veracity and that same passion about it. Hmm? No. And then, and the, right? Is that, is that right? You agree with that, Brooke? No, no? Yeah, no, I agree. I agree with you um, most certainly there. And I kind of want to make sure, you know, we steer this conversation back on path here because we only have about sure. 20, 25 minutes that we're spending together. So I have kind of a good idea, you know, of what you have to offer in your facility and, and whatnot. But uh, uh, the number one thing that I hear from gym owners talking on this podcast is like that they have a hard time figuring out how to bring in clients through the front door. So I always like to talk about that on the podcast. What are you guys doing to aid that growth process? How are you getting the word out to your community that you are a place that exists for people to come and get after their health and wellness goals. Yeah, no, this is, this is, this is brilliant. So I'm gonna give you the easiest way to approach it, right? Cause it, maybe we can come back on another day and talk about this stuff some more, but I'll give you a, cause it, there, there's a few different approaches, but I'll give you a few, right? So if you're a health club operator today in today's, in today's world where there are a lot of choices where you're competing with a low dollar, uh, a low cost model, where you should be thinking about is engaging A, corporations. I mean, engage large corporations. Listen, everybody today is looking for some sort of wellness program. People have to understand, large, large corporations are self-insured. That money comes out of their pocket. 
So guess what? Absenteeism affects them. Uh, low energy on the work site affects productivity. Sick days affect them. And so all of this stuff we have to be able to articulate to show people how we can improve their business, how we can be a value add to their business. Don't be afraid to engage your neighbors. See, I'm an old school sales guy. I get it. Get on IG. You can put somebody on, online and you can get a group to, to get on there and do your posts for you, do your Facebook ads. I get all that stuff. But at the end of the day, sales is belly to belly. It is still a belly to belly sport. And if you're not willing, personal training, even with the advent of all of this technology, you can, you can look at a trainer on your smart device, your watch. Guess what? People are still wanting to see a human being. They still want a belly to belly interaction. That's just the facts, man. And so even though with all this technology, foresters still dictate that word of mouth is still the best way to generate business. I'm telling you, get out in your community, meet your neighbors, come up with some creative corporate programs, get, go out and really start generating leads. Now, here's the trick. Once you get in these spaces, once you identify corporations, local businesses that I can partner with, run promotions, See, we run promotions with the local uh, 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 Mexican restaurant next door. We run promotions with the yoga, uh, with a yoga studio, Pilates studio up the road, I'm sorry. We run promotions with a, uh, a music studio. We run promotions with an art studio. See, we have joint promotions with everybody. And, 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 and it's a feedback loop. And if you're in a, in a market that can dictate that type of interaction, if you're in a strip mall, get to know everybody in your strip mall. Mm -hmm. Figure out where the intersections could be. How can we start feeding on leads? How can we start generating leads to one another, right? How can we create that loop? And so, so then once you, once you identify with all of these uh, uh, different groups that you're, gonna, that you're gonna engage, have something to take to them, give to get. Here's the issue. They don't want to, a lot of these new, especially the newbies, they read the books and it says, oh, the minute you get your certification, you can make up to $150 an hour. Guys, that's not how it works in the real world. You do not come out of a fresh certification bankrolling 150 bucks a session. It doesn't work that way. As a matter of fact, if you go to, if you go to some of these chain facilities, they're willing to pay you about a half hour, number one. And then guess what? They're talking about 10, maybe, maybe 15 a half hour but you gotta be really, really, really somebody special for, for a higher dollar. And so that's what you're really up against when you go into the industry. So if you don't know how to, if you can't develop the skill to eat what you kill, you're, you're, you're gonna starve. You're just gonna starve. So you gotta give to get. What does give to get mean? We offer two free personal training sessions to everybody that signs up. Everybody that signs up. We go to corporations, we give their people two free. All you gotta, so what I'm giving you is something to give away. I want you to give it away. Mm -hmm. What I just said, give it away. Why? If you give it away, let's just say you give away a, a, a promotion that brings in a new, a fresh hundred bodies. 100 bodies comes to your door because of this promotion that you, you pushed. The ratio should already have presented themselves in your business. I know my ratios, right? So 70% of the people that I engage, they'll say yes to the appointment. 70% of the people, right? Will actually show up. So 70% of that number. So I got a hundred, right? 70, I know 70 of those people will actually say yes. If I engage a hundred, I know out of that 70 people, another 70% will actually show up for that appointment. 
Now, I've been selling for a long time. Your closing ratio, my closing ratio is about 70%. I'm not bragging, I'm being honest. 70 to 80% on average. A new person is probably gonna be somewhere around 25 to 35. Where you right. wanna see your where you wanna see your stale staff, you wanna see them between 35 and 75% closing ratio. But be, make 35 your base limit. That's it. Now, once you know your average deal, then you can predict your numbers. See, the problem with most of these uh, people, sales guys and trainers that are out here, they haven't set up systems to predict. They don't know the ratios. Right. They've never taken time to create them. And that's like what's really, in my opinion, what's really about this industry is like, there are so many gym owners running a fitness business and they don't treat it as a business. They don't treat it as a sales business. They don't train their staff in sales. They personally are not trained in sales and, um, you know, selling gym membership, whether we want to think of it as sales or not, it totally is. Um, and we could be by selling this person, this personal training package, we could be the one thing that completely changes their life. Yeah. So Brooke, we need to like we care. You're 100% right. Brooke, sales is not a dirty word, right? And we got to get out of this nonsense. Sales is not a dirty. Now, there are some dirty sales people. I'll give you that. But sales, as a principle, as an art form, as a skill, is not a dirty thing. It's actually a very beautiful and spiritual thing, especially when you're selling something like we're selling, which actually improves, again, the quality of life of the individuals that we engage. See, we should wake up every day enthusiastic about that type of selling, right? Mm -hmm. And so, and so when, you, when, you, when you compartmentalize it that way and you look at it for what it really is, no, it, it, there is work involved. See, here's the issue, and you're right. Most people thought that, look, they fell into the field of dreams concept with health clubs. Build it and they will come. They all got, and I watched all these people go get mommy and daddy's money and buy these health clubs and open up these assets and they really were dependent on field of dreams. Build it and they will come. This is not the field of dreams, guys. This literally is not the field of dreams. No. This is the field of the hungry. This is the field who says my services matter and they deserve to be out there. And I deserve to put the rates on my services and I deserve to be paid for those services because my stuff is good and my stuff works. And there's nothing wrong with that. Most definitely. Um, and I think, you know, you kind of touched on this, but like it is a relationship building business and you kind no of doubt about you get belly to belly. Um, you have to get out in the community. And I think all yeah. of those are really great sources and ways for us to, you know, pull in clients to our business. I personally like to have a lot of touch points. So like, I like to be, you know, business to business. I like to be online. I want to be everywhere so that, you know, my name is like recognizable. Somebody sees it. They see it once. Maybe they, they drive by, they drive by and then maybe they go to the smoothie shop and they see a promotion and then they see it on Instagram and they're like, ah, that sounds really cool. Yeah. Maybe I'll go, right? The more places that we can be, the more touch points we have, the more it's, awareness that we are able to bring to people. hundred percent, hundred percent. It's a, it's a Brooke. It's an, it's an all of the above approach, right? At the end of the day, it's an all of the above, right? It's not an either or, you know, there was an old book that used to float around back. You know, I'm an old guy. I'm going to date myself at this point, but there was, it was called the uh, uh, guerrilla marketing, right? And it was guerrilla marketing for health club sales. 
And these back then, these books were, you know, you paid 1900 bucks for one of these things, right? But th th there was some meat in there, right? There was some meat on the bone. And, and it did talk about just the, you know, it, it, it really honed in on the work ethic that would be required to grow the membership base. Now, here's the reward. If you're selling memberships, at some point, guys, you fall into a space of recurring revenue. That recurring revenue has a life to it. It has a stick to it. There's an attrition, yeah. But you get to your base, you get to that, that number that you need to get to, now you're just managing attrition. You never have to manage that number again. Does that make sense? Right. And so you just manage fall off now. Most people aren't giving, them, giving themselves an opportunity to create that, that recurring, that baseline recurring revenue number. See what, how that works? Now, you, then you say, okay, that's my baseline recurring revenue number for memberships. Now, what do I, what do I wanna see in services? What do I wanna see come out of this in personal training? And that becomes, you treat those as two separate businesses within one business. Never conflate the two. That's my advice to everybody. Never conflate your personal training business with your membership business, even though they breathe and live under the same roof. Never, never. Never bring those two. There should be two separate businesses. You should be looking at members. You should have a dedicated salesperson for memberships. Guess what? And if you can make it, you can bring yourself to afford it, a dedicated salesperson for personal training. And what do you do like with the people that think that they want to come in for a membership, but might be, you know, like as the salesperson is talking to them might be better suited for personal training. Everybody gets free training. Everybody gets two free oh, yeah, sessions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, 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 nobody, listen, here's the philosophy. Nobody gets out alive. If they come in your doors, you, they get the services. Everybody eats on those services. You give them away. What do you have to lose? If you're growing a business, how much do you really believe in it? Listen, if, listen it's, it's always been my magic, especially when I'm growing them. I get them in the door, right? There's, it, 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 it should be. And if, if, if it's not easy, they need to reach out to professionals like me that do consulting or other people that you may know. But it should, it, the challenge shouldn't be getting them in the door. You should be able to get them in the door. And you, your, your biggest thing is, how do I win them over and retain? I want to retain as many of these people that get in here as possible. So you got to be available, right? You can't be an absentee owner. You can't be an absentee manager. So you got to be there. Let's make that clear. It's a relationship business. Then you got to go engage, right? You got to meet people. You got to engage people. And then, and then ultimately, you got to have the, the, the stick-to-itiveness that it takes to reach whatever that baseline membership number is as you start to carve out and build whatever that number is you want for your PT revenue. And you, you, have to, you have to compartmentalize that stuff so that you can put focus on each one of them. That's, Brooke, that's how we were able to go into the health clubs and, and, and get exclusivity. They couldn't focus on two things at once. So just having them separate and really like honing in on each one individually. I really like that approach. Um, and it's different. Um, I, I do things differently at my facility but I do think I, I like this approach. And I think in many instances, it can work very, very well, especially these big health clubs. Um, my next question for you that we'll kind of use as our last question here, Kurt, what does the future look like 
for you? What are some of the goals that you're looking to crush over the next couple of years? So thank you for that question. It's a great question. So, the, you know, the focus again is uh, to be more wellness integrated, right? So how does all of this uh, stuff affect you know, A1C numbers, right? Blood hemoglobin, how does it affect uh, our relationship to gut health, right? And so ultimately what I see as the future for the industry as a whole, you're gonna see a much bigger, uh, I would say interest in healthcare and in some, in some regards, um, other areas of medicine, um, that are going to want to have, have some position in health and fitness, right? And mm-hmm. so if, if you look around the market today, and, that, and, that, and that's influenced because right now there are ways for health club operators to be, get reimbursable dollars for certain services, right? So I've been around long enough to remember there, 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 there didn't used to be um, this element where you could be reimbursed for membership. You had, you know, you had little pockets of stuff like silver sneakers, right? But you didn't have all of these major insurers paying their workers, incentivizing their employees by way of paying for their monthly memberships if they join your facility. So we have a huge swath of our members that are just in that bucket, right? And so then you, 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 start, to, you start to see that the reimbursable dollar is drawing in the healthcare professional. Well, what I don't see, though, is I don't see the health club operator getting more uh, uh, medically literate, getting more uh, community literate. See, I see a market that's gotten lazy, that was dependent on two elements. Uh, number one, the element of sleepy money, meaning we could sell a bunch of memberships and realize not a, min- not a lot of people are going to show up. Well, that goes away now, right? That goes away now because now people, it's, it's a lot easier to fall asleep on $10 a month or $19 a month instead of $35, $45, $55, which is some of these guys are having to charge these premium prices because they negotiated their rents kind of messed up. And so, and so here's the thing. You're not going to, you're going to be boxed in between the, the low cost model and the high dollar model. If we don't think differently in the middle, Meaning what services can we provide? What is our unique sales position? And stick to it and drive it home. My unique sales position is providing health and wellness education and access to underserved markets. That's a challenge for me. It draws in the right partners for me, the right social partners, the right medical partners, uh, uh, the right insurance partners. So for me, that's the way to go. Somebody else needs to figure out what it is that this journey has brought them to. Because if it was just, if it's just about the dollar bill, I tell you what, you're better off trying to get a franchise from the $10 guy. If, they, if you think you're just going to come out and build, yeah, if you think you're just going to come out and build it and never come, it's not, a, it's not a field of dreams. I'll say that again. No, I really like, I really like how you've said that a couple of times. It's not a field of dreams. And I think, that is super common in this industry that people are opening up a gym and just hoping that people come. And I know like from experience, when I first got involved with the CrossFit gym in which I was running, you know, um, after the pandemic, that's how they treated things. It was like every single day. I was like, let's hope and pray that somebody walks through the door today so that we get a new client. 
And it's sad, but there's so many people out there doing the same thing in this industry. We have to look at all the different touch points, all the different ways that we can reach out to people in the communities and how we can be different. Yeah. Uh, if, we're in, if we if we don't stand out, like the people aren't going to come. So what can we do to no. really stand out? No doubt about it. And, and you know what, Brooke? And I think that, that, you know, looking into resources and assets, like, so I'm happy you guys had me on. I'm, I'm extremely humbled by this experience, right? Because at the end of the day, I, you know, I looked at some of the Jim Lord podcasts and I'm saying, okay, this is education based, right? This is to teach us how to maximize those resources so we don't starve out, right? Uh, and that we can stay motivated and excited about the business. But at the end of the day, there are people out there like myself who, who know and teach this, who do this on a consulting basis. Don't be afraid to bring in the professional help needed to get you back on track. If that may be, if that might be, if that may be what's required for that period, right? It doesn't, it doesn't mean you got to stay dependent on that. But if you're really in a space right now, you're saying, I've done all that. Kurt sounds great. I hear you, Brooke but darn it, I can't get the needle to move. It may be time to bring in some, some backup, seriously. And to bring in a consultant or bring in somebody like myself that can say, okay, maybe we want to look in this direction. Have you thought about that? Have you started, you know, have you looked at this? This is, this is great for you. Have you maximized this potential? And so that, that but this is what I've done historically. And so um, I, 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 I know it works. And I've seen health. Look, if that's not your thing, you may want to outsource some of your services. Guess what? Just to keep your, just to, if there's a guy or a gal out there who has what it takes and they can come in and provide you with a revenue that can keep the lights on while you figure this out and you guys don't have to lock yourselves into something too crazy that doesn't disrupt the membership base that you already have. Listen, you may want to entertain that. Those are ways to bring in extra revenue if you feel like, Maybe I'm in over my head, but what it's okay. I, what, like it's okay to ask for help, and I think okay. so, so many people are so are so stubborn and so stuck in their own way, and just hope that one day it's going to get better. But like, why not now? Yes. <laughs> why yes. not just take that opportunity yes. to become better at what it is that you're doing yes. now? No, no it's doubt okay. about it. It's okay to not know everything. It's okay to not be okay. Just yeah. get the help that you need because the opportunity for growth in this business is truly endless. And there's yeah. tons of people out there that can help you make, help and you make money, help you help your no clients. Doubt about it. No doubt it is about it. You're struggling with, there's somebody out there. And so I feel like that's kind of a good place for us to wrap things up because we are already over on time. No, I appreciate today. it. Yeah. That was fun, bro. Kurt, it was wonderful having you. And I thank you for sharing insight for our listeners. Yeah. It's, Yep, fitness out of Cincinnati, Ohio. Yep, 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 fitness.com. <laughs> yep, fitness.com. Yep. Awesome. Thanks for tuning in, listeners. Don't forget, if you want to stay notified about future episodes, hit like and subscribe. And if you want to join us for an episode here at Jim Lord's podcast, fill out the link in the description. We'll be in touch with you soon. As always, until next time, Jim Lord's out. Thank you for listening to the podcast so far. Don't go anywhere. We still have another episode coming right up right after this word from one of our sponsors. The Gym Lords podcast is sponsored by Prestige Labs. Prestige Labs is the first and only nutritional supplements company built by gym owners for gym owners. Prestige Labs solves the problem that all gyms have experienced, the broken inventory model, low commissions, and even lower quality products. Prestige Labs provides 100% drop shipping, zero inventory, PhD formulated high quality supplements for you and your clients. The goal is simple, cover 100% of your rent while never sacrificing your integrity. To learn more, 
or to become an affiliate of Prestige Labs for free, apply at affiliate.prestigelabs.com. That's affiliate.prestigelabs.com. Double your client results, double your income. You can head to affiliate.prestigelabs.com to become an affiliate for free. Now stick around for the rest of this episode. Use coupon code GYMLORDS on prestigelabs.com for 20% off all future supplement orders. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I will be your host today. My name is JJ Hernandez. And joining us on the show today is a very special guest. It is the one and only Brian Copeland with Copeland Core Fitness out of Denver. Brian, happy Wednesday, man. How are you feeling today? I'm feeling great, JJ. Happy Wednesday to you as well. I appreciate you being here. We're excited to have you on. And, you know, I think we're about ready to dive into the nitty gritty here of what you have going on with Copeland Core Fitness. But first, let's take a step back. Let's give the viewers a little perspective. I know me and you spoke a little bit off air, but if you can, can you go ahead in your own words, describe Copeland Core Fitness and what you guys do? Yeah, so I was Denver's first kettlebell gym, actually. Uh, I believe I opened that gym back in 2007 and uh, maybe 2006. And uh, essentially, we've gone through some different uh permutations uh, in terms of the clientele that we train. Uh, I've gone everything from trying to train people to be, you know, kettlebell lifters to general fitness. And I'm, I'm about to kind of start a new revolution of what we train, but primarily it's private one-on-one uh, -on -one training and small group training. Nice. Nice. Okay. I appreciate the explanation there. Um, and I think it's definitely going to serve the viewers well here so they know exactly what kind of studio, what kind of gym they're listening to here. And so let's start with the bare bones basics here, Brian. How many members are you serving currently? I am working with just over a couple dozen at the moment. Okay. And so for you, Brian, what's been the best method of getting new people through the door? What, I, what has been successful for me so far is having a really good Google presence and uh, getting really great results for my clients. So I get referrals. Yeah. Yeah. I think fulfillment is, is or referrals are a direct, correla direct correlation of your fulfillment and how good it actually is. Right. Cause I think it's kind of obvious you do good. People are going to speak good. <laughs> I think that's pretty much <laughs> how it's supposed to work. And so now let's say this, Brian, I mean, you're over that, that, that dozen number here. And let's say this, like, if leads, traffic, clients, all these things were unlimited, hypothetically speaking, of course, I mean, how much higher could you expect to go over the where you're at now? That is a wonderful question. I think about that frequently, and that's part of a remodeling of the business that I'm looking to do. But if I'm going to keep a single location and, and maintain myself as a one-man business without hiring anyone or, or contracting out, um, I really don't want more than maybe a dozen more at the most. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that's understandable, right? That's, I mean, I think that, and that's obviously the direction that you want to go in. So it doesn't really matter if, if you've wanted uh, five more people, it's essentially really how much you think you can handle. And again, I think a lot of people have this conception that they want to go to this huge, big gym. And like, I think it's okay sometimes not to want to go to that huge traditional gym. Right. Mm. Um, and so uh, it's about to keeping that tight knit community and, and, and building that, that, that core community that, sticks with you for a long time. I think that's going to serve you better, you know? Um, mm -hmm. And so 
uh, I guess another question here is, even though you're not at you know 50 or 100 clients here, but even for what you're at, being a one-man team, it's still a lot. And I know that for a fact. I've been in your shoes. How do you manage tracking, right? How do you manage knowing how long someone's been with you, churn rate, all those metrics? I'd love to tell you that I am 100% spot on in tracking all of those things, uh, but I don't. Um, as you mentioned, as a solo operation, I wear a lot of hats. I'm sales, marketing, uh, website. I'm the coach. I'm technical. I'm accounting. Support, yeah. Support, <laughs> facilities, everything. And um, so how do I manage turnover? I basically keep a a note ongoing each month. I most of my clients, with a few exceptions, are charged on a monthly basis, and so I have a uh, basically a rudimentary note keeping application that I use to track basically uh, clients from month to month, and then I can always go back and I can look at numbers. I can look at you know how long ago was it since person why was training with me etc nice nice and and i think this leads me to my next question right i mean i, I think a, a big correlation of tracking comes with retention but what we've been discussing this entire podcast have been the three pillars of business right and that's going to be your lead generation right which is your marketing getting people through the door your acquisition which is your sales right getting somebody from interested to being a paying client. And then you have your retention and ascension, which is keeping your clients longer, but getting them to buy more from you in that process. So Brian, of those three, where do you feel like you could improve the most? All three. <laughs> um, so retention uh, is fantastic. I, I do a wonderful job at retention. Uh, upselling is definitely going to be something that is a big opportunity for me going forward. Uh, however, Honestly, I think just marketing and getting out there and becoming more visible. I've, I've, uh, I'm not going to say I lucked out, but I have uh, definitely taken a very slow approach to growth, and that's actually one of the things that I'm working on currently is restructuring my website, uh, trying to figure out my niche clients that I really want to target specifically, and then I'm going to uh, work on getting into more specific marketing. So if anything, um, at the moment, it's it's making sure my systems are in line so that when I get uh, the marketing out there, I'll be prepared to handle the new clients. I love that. I love that. It's such a great point. And I love how it's it's so streamlined. I know that you know the direction you're going in. And so last two questions for you, Brian, my two favorite questions. What's the bigger picture for you long-term? I know you kind of alluded to it here, but if you had to put it in like five or 10 years from now, where do you want to be? Uh, that is a great question, and um, I, I have to remain true to myself, and I know that I don't like working in large groups, and uh, I don't think I want to run a gym, meaning competing against like a 24-hour fitness type of model, so I'm probably always going to remain in that small uh, studio kind of training environment where I'm working with one, two, three, four people at a time, depending on what it is. Um, for instance, in my martial arts business, I could work with a dozen at a time, but I really do like that smaller, more intimate uh, atmosphere. And of course, charging a more premium price for it. And then, um, you know, uh, in the future, do I end up working with like larger groups and trying to, to uh, uh, use more of a social media marketing strategy? 
I don't see that happening, but I am never going to say never. Yeah, right. Who knows? <laughs> it's just a matter of which direction you're going to go in. Yeah. And uh, one last question, my favorite question, Brian, and uh, it's basically, if you can go back in time here to when you first started the gym, sit yourself down with the knowledge you have now and give yourself that one piece of advice you think you really needed to hear when you first started, what would that advice be for you? Stop waiting. Stop waiting for things to be perfect. <laughs> just keep moving. Um Having been a, a bit of a perfectionist, I always would wait for the right time, the right strategy, the right, whatever it is, whether it's the right marketing or the right anything. And the reality is running a small business, much like running a life, quite frankly, is a series of acquiring experience. And as Tony Blauer would say, uh, experience is something you get shortly after you needed it. So the only way to really get experience is to get out there and start doing things. Uh, obviously, you know, try to make the smartest moves that you can. But the reality is you've got to go out, you've got to make mistakes, um, and you've got to learn. And that's where growth happens. If I would have done that, um, I would be way further in my business than I am now. That was a mic drop of an answer, Brian. I'll tell you that. It's a good place to wrap things up on this episode. But before we sign out, I mean, please shout out your Instagram, your Facebook, anything you may have. Where can people find out more about you and the facility? Yeah, my uh, my primary website where I get most of my business is progressivecombatsystems.com. And then my fitness-specific business is bccorefitness.com. Uh, I will tell you, if you visit it right now, I unfortunately broke it the other day while I was working on it. <laughs> so, <laughs> I figured, you know what, this is a great time just to rebuild it from scratch. So I'm I'm rebuilding that website at the moment. So there's a little messy content on it, but it's it's in the process of becoming better towards my future vision of what I want my business to be. Awesome. There we go. We absolutely appreciate your time and contribution to the podcast, Brian. And I look forward to seeing what you can accomplish down the road. If you don't mind sticking around for two more seconds, just so you know how you can get the podcast, I'd appreciate it. I'm just going to sign everybody else out over here, okay? Great. Awesome. And to everybody else who tuned in today, we appreciate you as well. Don't forget, if you want to be notified about future episodes, hit the like and subscribe button. And if you want to come and join us and talk about your fitness business, click the link in the description, fill it out, and our team will be in touch with you very, very soon. And as always, till next time, Jim Lords out. Thank you so much for listening. If you found this content valuable, here's four ways we can help you grow your gym for free. One, grab a free copy of Alex Ramosi's best-selling book, Gym Launch Secrets, at alexsbook.com. Two, join our free Facebook group at alexsgroup.com. Three, if you're a gym owner, you can apply to be on the podcast by emailing us at podcast at gymlaunch.com. Four, leave us a five-star review so we can gain access to more gym owners and bring those lessons back to you. And as always, tap that button and subscribe to this podcast for more.